his unit, and the Legion as a whole. The media loved it, but apparently the general didn't. Pass the word to communications, Blitzkrieg said, never changing his tone or his smile. I want them to get Captain Jester on the horn for me. I have a new assignment for him, and that ragtag gang of his. Yes, sir, the aide snapped, and quickly retreated from the office. Several things troubled the aide as he headed for the communications room to carry out the general's order. First, he had been thinking of requesting a transfer to Chester's company himself, and had been merely waiting for the right time to submit the necessary paperwork. As it was, however, it occurred to him that this was not the proper time for such a move, either from the viewpoint of the general's mood, or from the fact that it looked like he had something unpleasant in store for that unit and its commander. Second, he wondered if Captain Jester was aware of the general's animosity toward him, and, even if he was, if he would be able to handle or avoid whatever unpleasantness was currently being aimed at him. Finally, something occurred to the aide that had apparently escaped the general's mind, that if Omega Mob was reporting directly to the general in Colonel Battleaxe's absence, then ultimately Blitzkrieg would be responsible for whatever they did on this new assignment they were being given. All in all, the aide decided that the best place to be for a while would be on the sidelines as an observer, and not anywhere near the actual action and or repercussions. Chapter 1 Journal Number 171 Contrary to whatever impression might have been created by the first volume of these notes, butlers, even those seasoned by years of experience such as myself, are neither omnipresent nor all-knowing. To support this assertion, I will acknowledge that I was not present when the call came in from Space Legion headquarters, signalling the start of a new chapter in my employer's career with that organization. In fact, I was not even at the club, which is how his current charges refer to the remodeled compound. Rather, it being my day off, I was in the settlement, or, as the Legionnaires call it, townside. Even in my wildest flights of ego, however, I cannot claim that my absence had any bearing on the timing of the call, headquarters being unaware of my exact role in relation to my employer, and totally ignorant of my work schedule. It was, at best, an unfortunate happenstance. Of course, merely being absent is no excuse for someone of my position to lose track of his gentleman. I am the only civilian privileged to wear one of the wrist communicators which has become the trademark of the company under my employer's command, and have gone to great lengths to establish a close rapport with the terminally shy legionnaire, known affectionately to one and all as Mother, who oversees all communications. Consequently, I was alerted to the call's existence as soon as it was patched through. Needless to say, I brought my off-duty pastimes to an immediate halt, and returned to the club with all haste, only to find the company in total turmoil. The legionnaires under the command of Captain Jester, known more widely courtesy of his media exposure as Willard Fool, had become passable, and in some cases excellent marksmen. This was in no small way due to the fact that the design of the country club-like barrack centered around a wet bar, swimming pool, firing range, which was the troops' favorite hangout during off-duty hours. As they rarely stood duty more than once a week, this meant considerable time was spent lounging about, alternately sipping drinks, dipping in the pool, and pumping rounds downrange for practice, fun, or friendly wagers. Today, however, the main subject of conversation among the assemblage was not who could shoot better or faster, or even who was ahead on the betting, but rather the unscheduled hollow call from Legion headquarters. Military units, even more than corporate offices, are vulnerable to rumors, and the Omega mob was no exception. 
The fact that no one knew for sure what had been said in the call only added to, rather than dampened, the speculation. Some thought their commander was being court-martialed. Again. Of course, there had been no new activity which would trigger such an action, but there were aspects of their normal modus operandi which would be vulnerable to various degrees of legal discouragement were they known to the authorities, either civil or legion. Yet another faction was guessing that their commander was about to be transferred to another unit, a thought which generated a certain amount of terror among those legionnaires willing to consider the possibility seriously. While the company was now a cohesive unit, and the individuals within it genuinely cared for each other, there was no doubt in any of their minds that their captain was the one who first brought them together, and they feared for the repercussions if he were lost to them. "'Do you really think they'll send a captain to another unit?' one of the legionnaires fretted, idly splintering chips off his now empty plastic glass. His companion grimaced, dangling his feet in the pool. "'Sure they will. They signed him to us as punishment, didn't they?'